We have a giant episode for you today in episode 41. I'm Kate. I'm Tammy, and this is Knit Together. Oh, hello there. Hi, stranger. How are you today? <laughs> oh, kind of like you, a little allergy um, problems going on, so I think you're going to hear some sniffles and some, <clears throat> you know, clearing the throat and, sounding and all a little, that from both of us. Sounding a little unusual, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, so it's anyway. It's a small price to pay uh, for the gorgeous weather. Yes, at least it's not raining. Yeah, I know. It had rained quite a bit there for a while, but um seems to be doing a lot better, so I'm looking forward to getting outside, doing some more yard work. I've already mowed once. <laughs> so. We we're trying to do a garden this year for the first time uh-huh. um ever. <laughs> so it's been so rainy and everything. We've got the seed started inside, but um we need to get the plot our little like it's not it's not quite the square foot gardening, but um it's about that size, you know. We're just gonna have some tomatoes and cucumbers and lettuce. Basically we're growing a salad in our backyard. <laughs> Anything you need to have a salad, nice. Exactly. Very good. That that'll work, won't it? How exciting. Yeah. Well, so tell me what you've been working on knit wise. Oh gosh. Um I've I've been kind of on a hat craze. Um, which is funny because it's spring and, you know, who needs, you know, wool hats. Um, but my friend Michelle from Alaska, um, just, we took her back to Kansas City yesterday to the airport. She was down here all last week and she's the one who taught me to knit. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny because she still knits, but not nearly as much as, as I do anymore. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, because I have this whole big, you know, pile of stuff, and she's working on like the same um, throw that she has been for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I've I've been making hats, and some will probably end up being Christmas presents, and you know, or something just to have, you know, extras. But um, the Amanda hat is is like my favorite go-to hat pattern now. I can knit that up in like, you know, 90 minutes, you know, two hours if I'm poking around on it. Um, I had to do some adjusting because the pattern as written comes out huge. Uh-huh. Um, I think it has it cast, you cast on 83 stitches. And for me, um, 67 is plenty. As long as it's an odd number, though, you're fine. Um, so I think I've, I knit three of those this past week. And then I did the Hannah hat, which is the one that has the hole in the back for your ponytail. Oh, neat. And it has like a flap that comes over in buttons. And then, you know, so it's got the space for your, your ponytail to stick out, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. And then <clears throat> I did another um, sideways grand cloche hat. Um, and again, that's another pattern that... Um, is really big as written. So, but it's actually knit flat. Like it's just a, a rectangular piece of ribbing and then you seam it up on the side and, and when you pick up stitches on the side for the crown and then you seam it up and you have like the little cable. It's not even a cable. It's, it's like two strips of ribbing that you crisscross around. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. It's in my notes, I'm sure. Um, you just don't cast on as much, so you don't make it as wide. Otherwise, you put it on your head, and it comes down past your chin. Oh, and you're like, great, that's nice. So, yeah, so so that's not a good look. Just got to cut some um, eye holes out. 
I finished my um, monkey socks for the spring fling. That was the yarn um, that three of us, um, Karen and Amy and I got. Um, Amy bought it at Rhinebeck, and then Karen and I both ordered it from Socks at Rock um, when we got back. And so we all had the same colorway, so we all decided to make the same socks. So I finished that one. And while I was at it... um, I don't know if you remember my very first pair of monkeys that I made in the Dream and Color Smushy in the Chinatown Apple. Oh, yeah. And I gave you my leftovers, yeah. and then I got a hole in them. And I, you know, finally, you know, we met up and I got the leftovers back from you yeah. so I could fix the sock. <laughs> I decided, you know, I'm just going to knit an entirely new sock. I have the pattern memorized. It's like, you know, I'm cruising through on the monkey socks. You know, we'll just, because I was just afraid it wouldn't look right. You know, yeah. if, as, if I darned it. Although now that I have an, a third sock to make the pair, I probably will try and go ahead and fix it just so I have practice at darning. Yeah, that's a good but idea. But the funny thing is, I use the the same same needle size. It's the same yarn and everything. My gauge changed so much, like in the two years since I knit those, mm-hmm. that the the third sock I knit is like still bigger. Really. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I mean, it's just, it was kind of cool to go back and like do the exact same thing and see, because I guess as beginning knitters, we really are, we're so tight. Yeah, that's right. Well, I remember I used to you always know, so now, have to go like two needle sizes um, up because I was that tight. And now I'm pretty much spot on with the gauge that other people have. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, anything I knit now, I'd probably probably be like completely different. I'd have to change my needles again. Yeah, I mean, it never even occurred to me. I just, you know, I grabbed the needles, I grabbed the yarn, I knit another sock, and, you know, I, I looked, and I'm like, okay, I did five repeats on the foot, four on the leg. I thought that's all I needed to know. And then I was like, holy cow, this sock's like, you know, <laughs> half an inch to an inch taller, wow. you know. That's crazy. So I, it was kind of a cool experiment, you know, that was unintentional. But, you know. <laughs> oh, funny. That's kind of a nice one, though. Yeah, so I finished the Argus shawl. I finally got that done and off the needles and blocked it. It came out really cool. And I still need to be working on that modern baby blanket because, <laughs> you know, we're getting closer to, well, Brecken being born. You know, I've got another month and a half, so I've, I've got to get cranking on that. But that's, that's kind of been my, you know, modus operandi lately. How about you? Oh, well, um, let's see. <laughs> I haven't really been getting incredibly, like, cranking out new projects or anything like that, but um, other than, like, the beaded amulet bags, and um, my first bag was wonderful. It took me, like, a, like longer to string the beads than it did for me to knit the bag. And so, um, but it was quite small, and I was like, well, I know they're supposed to really just be decorative, but I ended up with, you know, wanting... I was like, well, it'd be great if you could actually use it, like use it as a coin purse or just big enough to slip like a credit card down in there so that like if you, you know, went someplace where you just needed like your driver's license, a credit card and maybe your cell phone or something, you could put it down in there. So I thought, well, I'll just add a couple more sections that'll make it wider. I'll add a couple more rows that'll make it taller and I'll just use one extra thing of beads and that should be plenty because I'm not doing, you know, I'm not going crazy on it and making it giant or anything and well, there was just so many little fun things where, you know, I my daughter was like helping me with it and you know, I knew, I knew I was 
she was like, oh, can I do that? And I, I knew as soon as I gave them to her that she was going to spill them. I mean, she's eight years uh. old. She's going to spill them. And, of course, like five minutes into her stringing the beads, she spilled them all over our couch. And our couch is leather. So, like, as soon as she moved, they all start rolling all over the place and slipping and sliding. And oh, so, no. Yeah. And they're teeny tiny. Like, the you couldn't even get a regular needle through it, like a regular threaded needle through it. They're just that small. So. Right. Anyway, she was just devastated that she had done that and felt so bad that she, like, went to her room and <laughs> hid there for a while. And I was like, well, it's okay. Let's just clean them all up. And so we picked them all up. And then she just doesn't want to have anything to do with beads anymore now. <laughs> so, um, anyway, but then uh, I didn't have enough beads strung in the first place, which, I mean, it took me, like, six hours of stringing beads to get them all on there. You'll probably still be finding beads, like, you know, a year from now. Uh, like, yeah. oh, look, here's another one. I know. I'm sure because they're probably bed embedded in the carpet and they're in underneath the couch, you know. They're just all over the place. So, and I did find one the other day that was on the counter that had like slipped behind something, you know. So anyway, um, I ran out of beads while I was knitting it. So I was like, oh great, what am I going to do? Well, I'll just unravel some, a lot of the yarn that I think that I need and string them from the back end. So I did that and that was a pain. And then I had to buy more beads. So that was an even bigger pain. And it just, it was just one thing after another, and I was so happy to get the dumb thing finished, but, um. So, so have you considered, like, with the teeny tiny crochet hooks and just, you know, like, stringing them as you need them? Uh, you cannot fit them on there. There's no okay. way that even the itty bitty teeny tiny mm. miniature. Nope, won't even fit, because, okay. I mean, I'm talking like, if you can think of a straight pin, that you uh -huh. use for pinning stuff, that is too big to fit through there. So a crochet wow. hook has like the little head on it that won't go through there. So, and in fact, you have to use a beading needle, which, and then you have to use some thread, like, so you take a beading needle and you thread, thread it with like a tiny piece of thread, and then you thread your actual yarn through that thread because the width of the the thread that you're knitting with, I say thread, but the yarn yeah. that you're going to knit with is too big to go through the beading needle and the bead itself. You can't get both of them through there. So, wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, all that to say that from now on, I am buying the beads on a hank <laughs> where you just like <laughs> slip them off onto whatever you're knitting with. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to do that next time and <laughs> not going to mess with it. I'm just going to slip them on that way and be done with it. So, um, other than that, um, for my, for myself, I've been working on the Tree of Life baby throw. Um, right. It's a baby size, and I just blew through the first couple of sections. There's three sections to it besides, like, the, the uh, divider sections. So it's trees, leaves, and then another set of trees. And, um, so I just, like, blew right through it, and then when I started the second set of trees, um, I was just knitting away, and I had probably gotten up to where the trunks start dividing up and, like, interchanging each other, and then I, like, laid it out to show someone and realized that, like an idiot, I had, I was doing the cable on the other side, so, oh, no. <laughs> so I had trees on one side and not the <laughs> other side. So, oh, no. yeah, so then I had That to, pattern is so beautiful, though. It That's, is. It's worth it, really. Amazing. Yeah. It's really worth it. I mean, it's, and it's, 
a lot of cable twists um, that some are two stitches, some are three stitches, some, and there's only a couple that are four stitches, I think. Right. Um, and there's it's not that hard, really. It's just really detailed, and it's beautiful. It's very much worth it. I'm not a huge fan of the way that the um, the flower sections look because mm -hmm. they have you kind of dip you dip your needle down a couple rows below and then you lift up. I guess I don't have any new um, pictures up. I should put one up. But um, yeah. you you go down like a couple rows and you pull the yarn through and you kind of make a loop. So one, you have like these extra loops that are hanging on your knitting and it's something that babies would definitely get their fingers caught in. So that's not good. And then um, other than that, the it makes like a little hole where you're pulling that extra yarn through the stitch. You know, it's kind of separating it. So I'm just not too happy with those. So next time I make one of these, I'll do something different with it. Yeah. Now, what yarn are you using for this? I'm using the, you know, that big bunch of Encore worsted that you gave me um, a long time ago? It's like oh, green. It's like a pale green or something. Yeah. Okay. So in the first picture, if you're looking at my projects in the picture, I, mean, I guess I need to go do that. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking at it, like it, the the color is more like the second picture. It's not like the first one. The first one, it was like one of those camera shots in the dark. Oh, okay. I remember that. Okay. So cool. Yeah. So hey, and it's going for a good cause. Yep. It's going to be going to um, Royal Family Kids Camp Auction so that they can auction it off and um, sell it for, well, auction it off and use the money to send foster kids to church camp. So, yeah, very cool. That cause, huh? Um, and then, other than that, I've been working on um, teaching my Knit Together group how to knit socks. And we've been doing that by um, knitting the fuzzy feet pattern. Have you mm -hmm. read, have you knit those yet? No. Okay. Well, they're really great because the cuff is only three inches, and um, the cuff is only three inches, and then you turn, you do your gusset, and then you do your heel. So it's turn. top down. Yeah, and so it's okay. exactly like you would do a sock, except for it's on bigger needles, so it goes faster, and um, you know they can see their see what they're doing and see their mistakes and then if there's an issue we just felt it out you know so right that's really great i mean i think that's really great so um cool. yeah the and everyone's doing great they one of the students had finished her heel turn and was working on knitting down to the toes as of last week and the other one was just um, picking up the stitches and getting ready to start working on the foot when we left so that's really cool very I'm really, nice yeah so I'm really excited about that but um, so that's pretty much what I have going on and now what's the status on your bikini because your, oh, your yeah. trip, beach trip is coming up yeah, it is actually. And um I have done the bottom. The way the bottom is done is if you think of a toe-up sock where um when you cast on, you kind of knit the tube, you know? And so you this one asks you to do like a perf uh you start like in the in the crotch area. <laughs> that sounds so bad, <laughs> yeah. but you know. Um you start there and you knit the front. And then you go back and pull out the provisional cast on and you 
go back to the crotch and knit the back up. And I'm like doing hand motions as if you can see what I'm talking about. But sure. Um, but you know, you knit that and then you go back and then you just go back and put an I cord border around it and then they uh, tie together. They use a a tie. I will probably use go ahead and seam it closed, but then just keep the tie there for decorative purposes, you know. And um, so I've done the front. I'm done with the front. Now I, and what I did was like a, I just did like a toe up cast on. Um, but when I went to start, instead of, you know, doing it magic loop and folding it and doing it at the same time, which I could have done, but, and just, you know, but you have to knit back and forth so you have an opening for the leg. So I just put those stitches on a holder and then I go back and put my needle in there and do the back section. So all I have to do is the back and I'm sorry to say that is probably the biggest portion. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely want full coverage. Yes, I definitely do. And it's unfortunate but the pattern makes it to where you don't know if it fits or works until you're done. So, oh. You know, but I did um, find some fabric to line it with, um, and okay. so I'm going to be doing that. And I, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to like use my machine to line it. So I'm not really sure if that'll work or not. May have to be doing quite a bit of hand knitting. We'll see. I don't know. So, but again, won't know if it fits. And I, I did, you know, use the top in the shower, and it worked perfect. It was great, no sagging, no problems. So, I think that'll be great. But I think it'll just be one of those that if you're going to the beach for the day, that you can wear it, but not really expect to be like swimming or scuba diving. Right. In it, you know. <clears throat> so we'll see. Okay. Very good. Anyway. Well, we had um a couple of important holidays um since i think since our last recording mm -hmm. <laughs> um your favorite st patrick's day mm -hmm. um you know did you do anything special on st patrick's day not that much uh -huh. um mm -hmm. i just did some studies with the kid on the kids on st patrick's and then we went we ended up um going to church and um they didn't they had a the st patrick's day parade in springfield the weekend before but we were busy and it was kind of cold and rainy anyway so we didn't make yeah, it yeah it was a nasty day it wasn't as big a deal this year as it usually is for me <laughs> oh well and then easter uh, we'd hoped to get this recorded before easter but then with my friend coming in um, my schedule didn't work out so um she was actually here for easter sunday which was kind of nice oh, and nice. Um, had a big you know, three services that I had to be out with choir, and so kind of a crazy morning for me. But it was it was all really really good. So it's pretty good. We we um ended up like pretty much working really on Easter weekend because um one of the churches we went to, that we go to they had an Easter egg hunt and they had fifty thousand eggs. Oh my. And Word. I know, 50,000 eggs. And to put it into perspective, the town that we live in, they had their citywide Easter egg hunt, and they had 3,000 eggs. And <laughs> then the and then Joplin, which is bigger, obviously, they had um, they they did 6,000 eggs. So are we talking real eggs? Or are we talking the plastic ones plastic, for the candy? Yeah, plastic and okay. candy. And each of these eggs were obviously hand stuffed by volunteers with two pieces of candy and then they taped them. They like put tape oh around them. 
Word. So, yeah, a lot of work went into that, but 50,000 eggs was just amazing. And what I really liked was, you know, they kind of just, they don't really hide them that hard. You know, they don't, they don't right. do that, but they just like spread them out over the fields. And um, what was interesting was that the, the, um, the kids that were helping to spread them out, they were just like picking up handfuls and just throwing them and just like slinging them across the field, <laughs> you know, and everybody else was thinking they were going to break, but they were well taped yeah. and stuff. So that's the reason they need to be taped. Exactly. It was quite, quite interesting though, that they were like, you know, just slinging the boxes and the eggs were flying and everybody on the sides who were waiting to go get them were just laughing and they just thought it was hilarious. So you were photographing the event? Yeah, we were photographing yep. it and okay. um and man, we forgot that it's springtime and you have to put some sunblock on. <laughs> As white yep. pale people who haven't been outside, we all we were sunburned, you know. You could tell who was at the egg hunt. <laughs> they were all everyone who was there was all burned, so um but we, uh, and then after that, we, we had another, um, on Easter Sunday, we basically did, did the same thing. We went to both services and, and then, um, we had another, um, photography thing that we needed to do in Springfield. And that's when, um, we were able to actually kind of, you know, just go out there and, and relax a little bit at the, and then drive back home. So it was, it was a fun weekend. It was busy, but you know, it was fun. That's for yeah. sure. So, cool. and well, uh, the other thing that I had done um, last month was the Missouri Fiber Retreat, and I don't know that I really got to talk to you a whole lot about that. No. Um, but Krista, another one of the ladies from Knit Together, went up there with me, and um, we got to take um, spinning classes from Janelle Laidman, mm -hmm. who's the author of um, the Eclectic Soul and the Enchanted Soul, and then also Patsy. Zawatowski, <laughs> who she just goes by Patsy Z most of the time. <laughs> I wonder why. So, but um, you know, so that was that was really cool. And we took an entrelot class and learned how to knit backwards. Oh, cool! And so that was a lot of fun. And then she took um, uh, did she do a dyeing class? She did a color work class. Um, while I was taking my class with Patsy and then we both took another like spinning beyond the basics with, um, another teacher, Nancy Barnett, um, who's, I guess, sort of local. Mm -hmm. Um, actually I think she's based down in your area. Really? Um, part of the Southwest Missouri fiber folks. Oh, yeah. Probably down group. over in Neosho and way back. Over yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was, that was really cool. It was a really cool event. Um, this year the focus was on spinning and I guess they kind of rotate through whether it's, you know, spinning, knitting, um, weaving, which I'm looking forward to. But next year is the 10th um, anniversary. So the focus is on Missouri. So they're just going to have, um, teachers in Missouri because, you know, it's like, who knew we had so many, you know, great fiber folk, um, right in our area. you know, around here. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to doing that um, in future years, too. So um, it's very inexpensive compared to, you know, some of the other um, larger events and, and you know, well, well worth it. <laughs> and it's close, right? So, and then it's close. It's in Jefferson City. Yeah, that's great. I've um, been wanting to go there yeah. for a while now. And we should probably also mention, though, um, that in a... A few short weeks, it's I guess a little 
more than a month now, um, the Marshfield Fiber Fair will be happening again. Yes. That's May 15th. March 15th or May 15th. Yep, May 15th. Um, that's in Marshfield, Missouri. And um, that's like, what, it's half an hour from Springfield and about um, two, what do you think? It's probably like three hours from St. Louis mm -hmm. area, right? Maybe a little further. Uh no, it's 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 probably well, yeah, maybe two and a half to three hours. Yeah. And so but it's not that I mean it's not a huge distance if you're coming from anywhere else in the area and it's um you know, it's a nice little fiber fair that we always have a good time at, a little local one. Mm -hmm. So if you have yeah, a chance you should go out there and if you see us <laughs> say hi. And also coming up, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but MOPACA, the Missouri Alpacas Association, yeah. is putting on, um, it's called Fiber U, like the letter U, um, and it's going to be in Lebanon. Yeah, in, I heard that. In Ju July, I think. I so think right. um, you can go ahead and start registering for classes, and I, I'm still trying to decide what I want to take. Um, but, you know, that's that's another, like, two-day event, so I, I may go down and, you know, sleep on my mother-in-law's couch and, you know, um, <laughs> you know try and do that because I, I really want to support these local events, um, you know, because – that way they'll keep having them, you know, right. and it's so nice to have things that are close and, you know, they'll just keep bringing in, you know, more and, and, you know, more instructors and, and get, maybe get some bigger names and that kind of stuff. So yeah. Anyway. And then I have something exciting that I haven't even told you about. I know. I want to hear we, what this is. Um, well, of course the spring fling is coming up for me. That's the loopy use event, um, that I've been lucky enough to, to go to for three years. And, um, I'm taking classes with Ann Hansen and, um, Griffin Perkins, who is the sanguine Griffin, um, the bugger sock yarn, um, dyer, but Jared flood, uh, Brooklyn Tweed is also going to be there. And of course, Wendy Johnson will be back. Um, but, I don't know. Is this, this is just a testament to what a wonderful husband I have? Because we were kind of looking at the calendar and like, you know, he was like, you know, do you want to go to some of these other things? You know, because he he said you had such a good time and just said he goes, I think you should do more of this. And wow. I'm like, oh, I love you. You know, not just because of that, but you know. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm, you know, and it's like, so we're looking at going back to stitches, um, you know, maybe taking some classes this time. And then I, I kind of, and then I saw the Lebanon thing. So I'm trying to spread everything out on a, like a year calendar. And I'm like going, oh, stitches is like the weekend before Maui. Wow. It's like, there's no way. I can't, I can't drive to Chicago for a four-day weekend and come back and be gone for, you know, 12 days in Maui. Yeah. You know, because it's just, it's too much. You know, we're trying to figure everything out. And so I put in some things that I didn't think were possible. And, you know, he's like, well, what about this? And I'm like, seriously? And he goes, yeah, can't we, we have enough frequent flyer miles, don't we? We could, you know, we could do this and we'll price line a hotel and, you know, get a cheap car. And it's like, okay. So the weekend after the spring fling, Robert and I both, and he's going to go with me, um, we're going to Maryland Sheep and Wool. Wow. That would be nice. So I'm so excited about that. So I'll definitely be recording live, um, you know, from that for, for a future podcast episode. Well, that's really exciting. Now, uh, what are the dates of the Maryland Sheep and Wool again? It's the first weekend of May. Okay. So 
you're going to be like going there and then coming back and going to the fiber, other fiber fair and then you're going I know. To have a lot going on. Oh, I, well, I do have a lot going on because, of course, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm waiting for my niece to have her baby, mm-hmm. which he's due the end of May, 1st of June. So um, I think what I'm going to do for that, because um, she's in Charleston, mm-hmm. is I'll actually, my sister said, just have a bag packed and be ready to go as soon as we get the word she's going into labor. You know, and then we're driving to Charleston and then I'll fly back because um, I can use frequent flyer miles and not use as many on yeah. just a one-way ticket back because they're going to stay like a whole week, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I can't stay that long. I don't have that many days. Um, I can take off work. Good. So, yeah, I have a lot of traveling coming up. How exciting. Well, all right. Well, um, we have some interesting stuff to talk to you guys about. If you would just hang on, we'll be right back with our second segment. interesting to step back and take a look at all this time that we have been living in as knitters you know this this era this change you know um, we're just experienced this resurgence of the craft and it's just exploded over the past I mean it seems like just the past few years even it has just exploded and I know that that's thanks to Ravelry in part right yeah, I know. It's well, and and the internet in general, and and the blogs, and you know everything. The the, the former knit list, I think, was you know kind of how Stephanie Perlmutter got started with her blog, even you know before that. But you know we're just we're so fortunate to have access to these wonderful teachers and these you know artists who are so talented. You know the independent dyers and just this massive amount of information that's available to us. Mm-hmm. You know it's kind of like when you hear um, like on the radio they'll they'll have those list of things like a person born in 1980 has never experienced like an eight track tape. They're like <laughs> what is this you know or uh-huh. or even a record player you know and and we just can't even begin you know you and I to understand what it was what it's like for people who've been knitting for 20 years or more because they're they're like they know all the stuff that um you know, we, I mean, well, we, we could, we have access to stuff, but then we don't even know what, you know, they did yeah. you know, back then. And, you know, there probably weren't quite as many books and stuff that were just readily available like there are now. I mean, there's just tons of information out there and, um, and a YouTube, you know, helping us. Yeah. Things, yeah you know. videos. So anyway, we thought today that we would just pay our respects to some of those giants in the fiber world, and we thought we'd break them up by starting out with the knitters, all those knitters that we know. (laughs) And if you're a knitter, you know what the two letters E and Z stand for, right? Exactly. That would be Elizabeth Zimmerman. And sadly, she's no longer with us, but um, she has just left us an amazing legacy and um as tammy called her the godmother of modern knitting <laughs> yeah well i think i i took that from um, 
someone else, Stephanie Perlmutfee or, or someone on a on blog. Um, but you, if you don't have her books and videos, like you should. They should just be part of your um, knitting library um, just for the history of it. Yeah. So there's there's like what Knitting Without Tears and there's Almanac, um, Knitting Workshop, The Opinionated Knitter. There's so many of um, those. And there's several videos that go along with um, some of those. I believe that um, there's a couple of different videos that her daughter's done. Is that right, uh, Meg? Yeah, that, which would be Meg Swanson. Yeah. Um, so that's another great name that we should talk about, Meg uh, Swanson, which is her daughter. And um, she has also done several videos. And, um, and luckily and she's written still, books. Yeah, written books. And luckily she is still around. So maybe one day we'll be able to go to one of her knitting camps. Wouldn't that be great? I know. That'd be fabulous. So. Just imagine what um, learn. And of course, you know, I've already mentioned her twice, Stephanie Pearl McPhee, <laughs> you know, the premier knit blogger and, and humorist. Um, you know, it's she's she's just she's hysterically funny and she just she touches on so much of what you know, we think and feel. I, I just, I remember the first time I picked up one of her books, um, I, j I was a fairly new knitter and we were traveling somewhere and, um, I, and I actually had the thought, I wonder if there's a yarn store in this town, you know, <laughs> I wonder if we could find it, you know, and of course, e even, you know, two, three years ago, we didn't really have like the list and the like knit map or the, the, um, daily knitters um, list of yarn shops where you can search by state, you know, and so we were in a bookstore and I was looking at the knitting books and I picked up um, at Knits End mm -hmm. um, by Stephanie and kind of flipping through it. And there was the, the little essay about, you know, being, you know, so addicted that, you know, you planned your vacations around yarn shops. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what I was feeling uh -huh. at the time. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So I bought, of course I bought the book and just, you know, loved it. And if you haven't heard her in person, you've just, you've got to find, if she's anywhere close to you, you've just got to go because she's, she's just wonderful. I know. And um, I remember reading her stuff as well and being a little intimidated by you know the name of her blog and stuff you know thinking it was always going to be bad but um i just i read a few posts and sometimes they don't even have anything to do with knitting but knowing right. that she's a knitter you got to know that you know type of personality that we tend to have and uh you know doing things right and some of her stuff is just hilarious and the ongoing issues with the squirrel who continually steals <sighs> her fiber in the backyard is yes. worth reading enough, you know. So but I think she the one of the first ones is that she put some fiber out there and like came back to get it and it was gone. Right. Know? And then Yeah, she she was like she had washed it and was putting it out in the sun to dry. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me laugh thinking about all those pictures she took where she put it uh, a bowl over the top of it and then like uh -huh. bungee corded the bowl down and then the squirrel is like all over the place trying to figure out how to get lifted up to get that fiber out of there. Just one right. so bad. Hilarious stuff. So um and then we couldn't uh, go without mentioning the sock knitters extraordinaire and oh. this is like a whole nother niche of knitters and um you know, a lot of people who think about knitters from the past think about the ladies in, you know, the World War 
times that were sitting around knitting socks all the time, you know, the socks for soldiers. And now these, you know, people have taken that love of knitting socks and just turned it into beautiful lacework patterns like Cookie A, for example, her many, many lace patterns, popular ones. And then, of course, Wendy Johnson. And cables, too. So cables. Not just lace. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Wendy, I love Wendy's patterns. I do too. And she's great. And if you haven't heard our podcast with, uh, Wendy, you should go back and find that, um, podcast that, that you did a while back with a little interview. Yeah, I've actually interviewed her twice. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then just, there's Cat Bordy and Charlotte Church. And, um, just between all of these people, um, their patterns number in the patterns number in the hundreds, so that's just yeah. It's not socks. thousands, yeah. You know, but I we mean, know there's hundreds of them out there. We're just talking about socks, sock patterns here, not just you know, not sweaters and shawls. Yeah. But, I mean, they have those, but just socks alone. And um, if you're a sock knitter, you should have at least one, you know, if not all of the books that were authored by these knitters. I mean, um. They have, most of them have books that have laid out how to knit a sock if you need uh, instructions. And mm-hmm. what I like about um, a lot of these, uh, the, the ladies that we've mentioned here, is that they take an idea for a heel and then they work at it and change it up so that they can tell you, here are like eight different ways to do a heel. Mm-hmm. You know, find the one that you love and, you know, and then you can have another way to do it. And I just love that they are so inventive and um, just go out there and change the way that we think and, you know, flip our, flip us over and upside down and then knit these beautiful socks. So these ladies. Yeah. And, and the reason we mentioned, you know, these four ladies, I mean, there are so many more, you yeah. know, wonderful sock knitters, you know, out there. But Cookie A is primarily a cuff down person. And she does just, I mean, amazing things where, like from the cuff, it just flows into these intricate patterns. Yeah. So you're not going to see your basic like two by two ribbing on Cookie A's cuff. It's going to be a, a three by two by one by two by three, you know, because it's all part of the pattern. Wendy, she's the toe up queen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and she's got, you know, like you said, all the different heels, whether it's the short row or the gusset heel mm-hmm. or a heel flap heel, you know, and again, these amazing patterns, but she always does the toe up. Um, Cat Bordy, she's the one that like, it's, it's, it's like beyond your basic sock. I mean, that's, that's where you said it's like, they used to do these amazing things and twist it around and stuff. It's like, um, I, I haven't, I don't have her, what's the, what's her latest book, but it's, because she does the Mobius stuff, and she does like that, there's like that weird, like where the sock pattern like twists around your leg. Uh, yeah, Sidewinder socks, is that right? Is that the one? Um, uh, not oh, no, the particular pattern, but but kind of like that. It's like where it's just, the pattern just like, looks like it's spiraling uh-huh. around your leg, and yeah. it's like. Holy cow. I mean, who even thinks of this stuff? I know. <laughs> and then Charlotte Church, um, she has sensational knitted socks and more sensational knitted socks. And those are really kind of like, just it's a recipe book. She gives you the stitch pattern. Yeah. And then it's like you plug that into, you know, like you were saying, what toe do I want to use? What heel? What cuff? And, oh, here's the pattern I'll stick in. Yeah. So kind of kind of covers all the, the gamuts of, of sock knitters. Yeah. And, of course, we have some lace knitters out there that you just, 
if you don't know them, you should, and you should love them. If you even just want to look at beautiful lace, I mean, for one thing, I could just you know say Jared Flood's work on lace is um, beautiful, but also that he has taken um, those lace doilies that you have no idea what to do with that are knitted, and <laughs> then he, you know, in his genius, said, "How about we just change the yarn, change the gauge, and you know, do a few little." tricks here and then boom there's 11,000 um oh geez <laughs> hemlock ring blankets that's what I was thinking the hemlock yeah. ring blankets out there that are being knit I mean um beautiful beautiful idea the, the Jerithol yeah. um shawl you know was it was another and the pie shawl mm -hmm. Elizabeth Zimmerman's pie shawl yes and um and the way that Jared thinks probably a little differently than the way some of us ladies think um is from the aspect of taking the the pieces that Zimmerman has given us and some pieces that some of the other sock knitters and other knitters have given us and then kind of throws them in and blends them up and then makes these great wonderful things you know um, even if you just think about the um, the Kuhlhaas hat it's not really lace you know, mm -hmm. but it is it's cabled. yeah cabled and um, just the way that it spins and the way that he uh, dreamt up making it, you know, it's just mm -hmm. a wonderful, wonderful way to think of it. So, um, and then we have a few others. Um, yeah. Who are your favorites? Well, many, many others, but we yeah. just can't talk about them all. Yeah. Um, Anne Hansen is, I, I just, you know, I met her last year at the fling and I, I really didn't know of her, you know? And so after that, I got back, I started kind of looking at her patterns. Um, she goes by knit spot on Ravelry and her blog is knit spot and they're called knit spot patterns. And I've just found, I've, I've fallen in love with these. I mean, it's like, they're just stunning. Um, Evelyn Clark is another one. And, um, the name of her book, her main book is escaping me now. Um, and then, of course, there's the others who um, focus on, like, special, like, styles of knitting, like the Estonian lace. Um, who just wrote that book on Estonian lace? Um, I, we should have looked this up. Um, <laughs> Donna Dracunas did the Arctic lace, you know, like the, um, with the Kiviet and, you know, like the Alaskan um, Eskimo Indian um, lace knitters. Um but, you know, I, I like to read those types of books, you know, not so much that, oh, I think I'll knit this pattern, but just the history of it, yeah. you know, of these people who are keeping the craft alive and, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, so. indeed, it really is. I mean, to see, and like I said, so many people who are now taking what um, the grades that we mentioned earlier have given us and, you know, they're adding their um their creative spin to it and it's just making it even better just much even more beautiful than before yeah so that's well, speaking of spinning yeah <laughs> yeah well that was a nice segue Aha. i didn't find that spinning. uh but, but yeah let's talk about some spinners too because okay. um you know you can't knit unless you have yarn yeah and so right. you you have to spin the yarn um so there's there's several people that you know we've kind of come across and in our um, experiences or or at least you know we know someone who's taken a class with with one of them and and they're kind of the names that you want to be looking for um, Maggie Casey um, she's in Boulder Colorado and I think her name of her store is um, 
shuttle spindles and skeins mm -hmm. and she's she's one of the premier teachers you can find her at Rhinebeck or Maryland Sheep and Wool or you know even in her own store um, but she'll she'll be around you know Estes Park Wool Market uh -huh. I just I would love to take a class I, I know, from her I everyone that. I know that has taken a class from her has just said she's fabulous yeah I just want to go there sometime too <laughs> Yeah, and if you haven't been to her site, um, what a, one of the things I like about her website is that at the top of it, she has like this banner that kind of rotates, and it looks like spinning yarn, you know. Oh, and cool! It's kind of cute, so you should check out her site too. We'll no, sure I you... I have to do that. I have not looked at her site. I can't believe it. Um, let's see, Judith Mackenzie McEwen mm -hmm. is um she has several. Um, very well written books for spinners of all levels and, and they're kind of like you know the must have books for, for a spinner mm. um, Abby Frankbot um, I just learned about Abby last year when I was getting my wheel um, at, the, at the fling and, and was talking to um, my friend Lynn and she you know she was like you need to go to Abby's blog you need to look at Abby's videos now Abby is Abby is like the the newer I want to say the newer generation of spinners mm -hmm. I mean because she's relatively young but um, I think she was probably born with a spindle in her hand because she grew up in where in Portugal or somewhere South America mm -hmm. um, somewhere and so you know as a child you know it's like she's if you've read some of her books, I mean, she talks about how, like, as kids, when they would play, they had the spindle. They'd be running and playing, but they'd be spinning at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Like, I can't sit, even sit at a chair with um, spindle spinning. I'm still not, yeah. you know, anywhere near where I want to be, although I'm still fascinated about it, you know. So, um, and I mentioned, I, you know, I took classes from Patsy Z and Janelle Laidman. Um, Patsy is in the Chicago area, uh, but she has video workshops and she's, you know, teaching at retreats and stuff, as is Janelle. It's funny with Patsy, though. Um, very sweet lady. And I, I, she laughed. I told her I said I was going to start stalking her at these <laughs> you know, events because, you know, I just wanted to take more. I, I didn't have enough time with her. I just wanted to take, like, every class that she teaches and she, you know, she just thought that was funny. Um, but I bought her, um, her beginning spinning workshop, um, video, her DVD and didn't realize at the time that, um, Let's see. It's called Spinning Wool Basics and Beyond. Um, I didn't realize it was recorded in 1994. So I started watching it, and I'm like, well, where's Patsy? When's Patsy going to come on? Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's a few years. Her hair was longer and not quite as gray. And, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> like, oh, wait, wait, that is her. <laughs> funny. So, but it was still, it's, it's, it's a very good, um, you know, video, so. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, those are some wonderful um, spinners that we definitely want to make sure that we're mentioning them. And if you guys know of any others um, that we have, I mean, knitters and spinners, too, we want to hear about them. So, um, yeah. and then, of course, if you're spinning, hey, you, you got to dye the yarn, too, right? Right, you know, right. Before. It can't just all be the natural colors. Yeah. I mean, it can either be before you're spinning it or after you spin it, you know. Let's yeah. talk about some of those. Um, Tina Newton who is, you may know her from the Blue Moon Fiber Arts and Socks That Rock, of course. Yeah. Which, you know, if you haven't looked at some of her colorways, you definitely want to check that out and some very interesting stuff there. Yeah. 
And then, of course, um, we, we can't talk about dyeing yarn without mentioning um, Volmiza and Claudia um, Hull-Bellman, who is the Volmiza. Um, and, and it's not, as, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't get it. It's too hard to get. I've never, you know, I'll never get to see it, you know. Um, there are ways, you know, the Digitessa kits are often in stock and you can, you know, buy those. Um, If you hang out on the Volmiza group Ravelry, um, you pretty much know that the updates are going to happen on, you know, in the the States, it's going to be like middle of the night um, on Thursdays and then Saturday mornings, which there's probably an update going on right now um, (laughs) on on her site. So, you know, or just go to somebody's stash, you know, look at, look at the stashes. There's a lot of people who have it, who are willing to, you know, they've gotten a color that they're not crazy about, so they'll sell it, you know? So, I mean, that's how I've gotten a lot of mine is from people who are de-stashing. So. Yeah. And it is just beautiful. I mean, the yarn is, the yarn itself is great, but the colors are just so saturated and beautiful. It's, you really want to see them in person. So should check that out. Another one of my favorites is um, Alan Butler from Numa Numa. And um, unfortunately, hers her yarns are starting to get the kind of the buzz like Volmiza did in the beginning. Yeah. So it's like, you know, maybe a little bit harder to get. Um, but, but the thing I appreciate about Alan, you know, she was trying to keep up with demand. Um, like she had her own Etsy shop and then there were some problems with that. And she tried to go through big cartel was another um, like online seller. And of course she would, you know, sell to the loopy you, you can buy it there as well. Um, but you know, it just sold out so fast. And she was really, I mean, just like it, it was, it was being like damaging to her family and everything. So she's like, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm going to step back. My family's more important to me. I'm going to, you know, die what I can. And, you know, but I'm not going to, she's like, it's going to be exclusively through the Leapy U, which means she doesn't have to ship it. You know, I mean, she just has to send it to Sherry and not have to worry about the invoicing for individual orders and boxing them up. And so actually it gives her, it's given her more time to die. Yeah. But then it's also not taking, you know, I just appreciate the fact that her family is so important to her that she's willing to, you know, you know, step up and say that. So I, I'm definitely very supportive of, of Alan. And, and, you know, if I can get my hands on more of her yarn, then I definitely want to, you know, have that in my stash as well. So, yeah. And, of course, one of our favorite personally yeah. known dyers, Stacy Little of Tempted Yarns. And Stacy um, does... She's dyeing yarns and rovings and has mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful products. I mean, I can In fact, I just that. ordered from the Loopy U some of her roving. Um, it's a superwash merino and silk, and mm. it's this beautiful, like, monochromatic teal greens and blues. It just, ugh. It's, just, it's like looking at the ocean. I just got some really beautiful, beautiful, um, like it's more it's darker blue um that is her cashmere and i think it's i can't remember what it's called now the uh, the, the lux girl yeah or? there you go lux girl um that is the cashmere merino blend mm-hmm. and um it is so wonderful it's i just haven't been able to bring myself to knit it up <laughs> so i know that's the thing it's like what do i do with it I know, you it's know. so wonderful uh, you know, and you know, you were helping me. I was so tortured between like which way to go with that, you know, what yarn to buy next. So, um, but um, her yarn is definitely not only the quality of the yarn that you're going to get, but the, the dyeing that she does beautiful work. Love it. 
can't beat it. Yeah. And you can you can actually find Stacy in some retail shops as well as her um you know own Etsy site and the Loopy U too. Yep. So she's she's a little bit more out there. And then um Carrie Lloyd, who is Stacy's partner um, with the Tempted at 3 a.m. Sock Club, mm-hmm. um, Carrie does the 3 a.m. Enchantments bags that we talked about before. Um, she's expanding 3 a.m. Enchantments and, and um, is just starting to enter into the dyeing business. So um, she doesn't have anything yet as far as yarns, you know, still the bags, but you know, keep your eyes open, you know, for what Carrie does. So yeah. very excited to see that. So, well, um, that's a few of the people that we wanted to kind of give a little shout out to here on the podcast and uh, give you guys some more opportunities to go and look up some of these people and, um, you know, for whatever you're interested in learning, um, maybe even if you're just interested in um, dyeing your own yarn, you can, I know a lot of these, um, especially like Stacy and Alan are pretty approachable and you can talk to them about what they're doing and Carrie too, right? She's a... Mm-hmm. She's pretty approachable. Yeah, you can find them on Ravelry and Plurk and you know, look in look in the groups and and, um, and you know, or people. even email them. They're really good about answering emails and stuff. So, you know, it's just we we live in this unique time, and when we have the opportunity to meet so many of these individuals and learn from them, and you know, just just remember, we may get a little bit starstruck, but they're people just like us. So. Oops, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. Mute, mute button on while I was sneezing. Sorry about so. that. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, she's right um, now. It's never been a better time to be a knitter, and um, the opportunities that we have out there to um, to meet new people, to um, go to all these wonderful fiber fairs that are even more meaningful now than they probably ever have been, um, for us to get to do some hands-on stuff and learn new techniques and really um, take this craft that we love and make it even more personal to each of us. You know, if you want to spin, you can spin. If you want to die, you can die. That didn't sound right, does it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean, though. Um, And if you just want to learn to knit something better, um, do something better, or read about the history of knitting, then any of these people will, will be there for those types of things. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, the, so if you will stay with us, we will be right back with Knitting from the Word. You know, I've been um, really fortunate to uh, meet and take classes from several of the people that we've talked about, and they were each just such fabulous experiences. And it makes me wonder if 50 to 100 years from now, um, the next generations of knitters will be searching for um, their long out-of-print books on eBay or, or um, Ravelry, if it's still around, and you know, or wishing that they might have lived in an earlier time so that they could have taken advantage of what is available to us right now. Um, so you know, we we need to appreciate what we have now and and you know, use it and and um, to become better. And just as there are giants in knitting. There are also giants of our faith. 
We can name several people who are still with us today that are current giants, you know, like Billy Graham or Beth Moore, um, you know, in her fabulous Bible studies. And the Bible devotes an entire chapter of Hebrews as sort of a faith hall of fame. Chapter 11 begins, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then it goes on to reference Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and then reads in verses 39 and 40, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They all died before Jesus came and died for us, but because they were looking forward to the promise of God that he would provide a way of salvation, we, we know that they are in heaven as well. And we have the benefit of hindsight to look back and know exactly what Christ has done for us, and that does not diminish our faith at all. And the good news is that we don't have to be looking for out-of-print books um, you know, or old videos or blogs or things on the Internet that the pages are no longer active to glean what information we can about Jesus because we have the Bible readily available that tells us everything that we need to know. And that's exactly right. We're so grateful to have a word that is unchanging and that is solid as a rock that we can go to. And when you put your... Um, your Bible first, you know, when you put every, you take everything to the Bible and you have a constant that you're going to, then you can know that things don't change, you know, should I steal this? Should I lie about this? Should I do this? It doesn't change your, it's not going to be based on your feelings. Well, I feel different today, so I think it's okay today. You know, it's your, our Bible is there and it's for us and um, it's always going to be there. So we should just be thankful that we have that. And, you know, yeah. like you said, and we have the opportunity to, to, you know, again, take you know, classes or Bible studies from, you know, some of these other people who have, you know, spent their life studying where, where we haven't and, you know, maybe have a different or a better understanding that we can still learn from them. So, you know, the, the Bible's always our, our one source of truth, but we can still learn from all these people. And so we need to take advantage of them. You know, I mean, Billy Graham, you know, God bless him. He's probably not long for this world, you know. But if you had a chance to go to, you know, any of his events, you know, back in the 70s or the 80s, um, you know, I mean, that's something you're going to treasure, you know, oh, for yeah. the rest of your life. We still love watching experience that. When they show huh? we, we love watching when they're on TV, you know, back oh, in yeah. the 60s or something. And he's, you know. He's yeah, I know. The, the, the Crusades, you know, are just, you know amazing yeah and you know if you're listening to us then you listen to podcasts so um, there's tons of great podcasts out there um, you know, like Fellowship Church and Chip Ingram um, Ed Young Focus on the Family Focus on the Family there's tons of them so you know don't limit your research to um, just to knitters and spinners and dyers you can go and find um, the people who people of the faith that you enjoy listening to and you know that they are good godly Christians giving you um, advice and techniques that you can use every day so 
Um, yeah. Anyway, if you have any prayer requests, we would love to be praying for you. Any comments or questions about anything that we've said here? As I mentioned earlier, if you can think of some other names um, that you we haven't said here, you might want to uh, give us a shout out on the message board on Ravelry or comment on the site. And we always love to hear your praise reports, so make sure you uh, are sure to send us those too after we've been praying for you. Yeah, so thanks again for listening, and um, don't forget to join us in person um, if you're in the Springfield um, area. That's Thursday nights from 6 to 8 at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. And if you're in the Carthage area, you can uh, join me on Monday evenings, and we have all that information available on the Knit Together website. Just click on Knit With Us. Um, and I am going to take this time to close this in prayer. Dear Father, um, we come to you today just blessed and thank you for everything that you've done for us and uh, just give you the glory for this podcast, God. And we have so many needs that we just want to lift up, Father. Um, I've we've been praying for Otto Harris, who is an 11-year-old boy, had a brain aneurysm. And Father, we are just so thankful for everything that you've done in this situation so far, the miracles that you have already performed um, that made the way for the aneurysm to be discovered before um, his life was taken and that there was surgery was able to be done and that now Otto is just recovering and we're just waiting to see what miracle he can do next father so please be with him and his family and um, his brothers and sisters who can't be there we know this, uh, times are so hard so we just ask right now that you will lift him up father um, we also had several others who contacted us who were just having some financial troubles in their lives and you know father that this is the, the time when they can grow closer to you during these valleys of hardship and we just ask right now that you will be that still quiet voice in their lives and father we just want to continue to pray for those in the military who are uh, making our nation safe and protecting us in uh, in your name and father we know that um, our country doesn't want us to believe that we're fighting in your name but we are father uh, we don't do anything without you so, God, thanks again for just giving us this podcast and the ability to come directly to you and pray. Father, we ask that you will just bless each and every one of our listeners, and we ask that you will continue to bring them to us and let us do your will as you would uh, desire. We ask all of these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Circus delight, what I wouldn't give. Oh, oh, oh.